Okay. Yes. In fact, I want to talk to you about your recording technique. Oh. Go on, then. What? Well, because typically you're way too relaxed. You get too far from the mic, and then you sort of sound like you're in a toilet at times. <laughs> you sure I'm not in the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> actually, that makes a lot of sense. You see, you thought I had a very small office, but it's actually quite a large <laughs> toilet. <laughs> I like to think of it. Oh, uh, dear. Okay. All right. Well, now just pull the chain and let's get on. Okay. Yeah, right. Um, oh, welcome. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm very tired. Welcome to episode 102. 102? Is it 102? It is. Not 101, as I've written at the top of the run. Yeah, you see, that confused me. <laughs> I know, sorry. <laughs> uh, 102. Although, as somebody pointed out, Phil, I think it was, we did yeah, actually did. do a 40, episode 41.5. We did, a sneaky run. That doesn't count. No, I don't think we can't. That was a bit rubbish. I can't even remember what it was. No, you were probably. Was it a little over. Christmas message or something I like that? So. Anyway, 102 of the Mid Faith Crisis podcast. My name Nick Page. His name Joe Davis. Blah 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 blah. blah, blah. Yeah. So, friends, if you are coming to um, Nottingham for the big conversation. On the 14th of March, would you do the organiser a favour and actually buy your ticket, not just talk about it? Because now <laughs> you're wanting to get to the stage where they really know what the numbers are. So right. um, Nick and I are up there. We've been invited to come and sort of host this day uh, with Mark Lloyd about the big conversation and the way in which we use conversation to sort of further the faith journey. So I think it's going to be interesting. We're going to be talking about not just the normal stuff, I presume. Anyway, so it's, yeah, should be good. Yes, that would be good. And I really don't want just to be in a room with Joe. <laughs> no, that's because I think we've learnt by bitter experience <laughs> that doesn't go well. No. So uh, do do come along. Uh, yeah. Great. Uh, good. Um, how are you? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. There's been lots of heavy um, funerals that I've been doing oh, recently. Mate. And that sort of in turn makes me grateful and makes me feel I should be more grateful for life. You know, like, yes. you know, like I haven't had a stroke, therefore my brain is functioning. I am alive and healthy-ish. No, I don't mean brain as in IQ. Before yes, you, you, I, 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 I just want to jump in straight away. There. No, I didn't <laughs> sneer. I just sort of had a slightly quizzical look <laughs> about the word well, functioning. So, you know, there's that the thing where you sort of feel you should be more grateful than yes. I probably am a lot of the time. But I'll tell you what I am grateful for. Great day with Nick and Michaela. So they came down from, you know, at that Essex way. And spent the day. And I learnt some important things from them. One, everybody, ev everything goes back to Phil, the, the beloved listener Phil. All right. Because um, everyone seems to know him. That's what I've learnt here. Mm. Um, so that was great. And just a very encouraging day and a great conversation and some good musings on healing All that right, I particularly okay. enjoyed. Yeah. We should talk. Have we ever talked directly about healing? No, I think we should do that, actually. Okay, let's do that. That'd be a good one. Store mm. that one in the ideas file. Okay. And and I went to see a beautiful day in the neighbourhood. 
Uh, with Tom Hanks. Oh, now that's about uh, Mr. Rogers, is it? Mr. Rogers, Fred right, Rogers. Okay. This, yeah, but it's also quite. They've taken a bit of license with it, and it's yeah. you know it's quite an unusual film the way they've constructed it together. But uh, good stuff. I mean, this stuff you know gets to me. It gets oh. under my skin and makes me weep. And I, I want. That's another thing we should talk about. Why this is? Why does this keep happening? Kindness. Why does yes. that? melt us away mm. well it melts you away yeah it does it does i mean i who doesn't like kindness i like kindness of course I like, but i'm not sure it just seems something really important to you when you see people being kind it kind of melts you is that yeah. because of our friendship and you don't think i've ever been kind to you and no, that you feel not that i can ever remember no no <laughs> <laughs> i'll try and i'll make a note i'll try and see what i can just do. keep trying to hint at it yeah. anyway <laughs> Anyway, all is well. How are you? I'm all right. It's my daughter's, my middle daughter's birthday today. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I I had an interesting conversation with a colleague at work about his his daughter's birthday is today, and he was leaving yeah. slightly early. He said, "I've got to go home because I've got to arrange the tea and the cake and all that kind of stuff, and you know, yeah. do the party and everything." Oh. And um, and I said, oh, it's my daughter's birthday today. He said, oh, what's happening? I said, well, I think she's just gone down the pub. And uh, <laughs> she's texted her mum to say, we'll be the we'll be at the pub for the rest of the evening. Come and have a drink. So that's kind of like, yeah, th- there's well, a difference, I feel. And, and of course, that behaviour is all learnt. Yes, it's a sort of relationships um, within families change. Exactly. And, and she's yeah. only seven years old, listeners. So that's, yeah, that's sad the sad thing. <laughs> no, much older. Anyway, yeah, So so I shall be... Going down and buying her a drink, I suppose. Well, sing her something embarrassing from me. I'll, I'm I don't think you can any embarrass chorus. Like that, no, you can't. She'd she, join in. Your kids, all of them, they're tough to embarrass because they've had you as a parent, you see. Well, this, is, this is true. It is. It is. Yes, it's, true. And Lord knows I've tried to embarrass them. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Yeah, I know. I know. Anyway. anyway, so that's nice. Um, and then I, I've been out, out and about, been... Yeah, yeah. Nice birds the theme. and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, theme's still going well. I've hit, I've had, um, I've hit all my steps, targets. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Actually, yeah, I went good. out for a walk at lunchtime. It's great. It's been really good for me. Even if it yeah. doesn't, even if I don't do anything else for the rest of the year, just this few weeks have I think been really good for me. I feel really healthy. That's so good. Hmm. That is good. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, there you go, listeners. Hey, we're going to put on some steps when we go to Lee Abbey in the summer, aren't we? Oh, uh, it's such a good oh, place. Well, you're, of course, you're going there before then. I am. Yeah. So, yeah, because you love to... St- when we go to Lee Abbey, obviously, yeah. you know, you spend all the time with lots of people and Joe just then schedules in more time to spend with lots of people. Yeah, exactly. So, Walk, but walking with people. Isn't yes. it brilliant? Seeing birds, walking along the coast, going could through I the walk with, the rocks. Could I walk with people slightly... At a, distance or is that rude do you mean alone (laughs) (laughs) i think it's the word you're maybe we could have a little we could have a secondary walking group which is like the 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 introverts the silent group and we just we just walk quietly that'd be good yeah you can no no i wouldn't i'm not that i'm not that much of an introvert actually anyway yeah it'd be good we get lots of that in it'd be good good right we we should move on yeah we're going to keep it punchy 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 today are we well because you've got to get down the pub to be with your daughter to that that's very good. Yeah, so, forgotten that. okay, so, uh, well, I'm going to keep this one anonymous. Mm. 
but this is why we keep going. Dear Joe and Nick, I've just listened to your 100th podcast a week behind and want to say a huge thank you to you both. Please, please continue with the podcast. They're an absolute lifeline for me at the moment. I only heard about them three months ago, having reached a point where I'm no longer sure that a God actually exists. Having believed all my life, 64 years, there is now a huge void. What is the point of praying? Who am I praying to? If the God I have been taught to believe in does exist, I don't think I like him. How can a loving God be so exclusive, condemning people to a hell which I can't imagine a loving father sending his children to just because they are unable to believe in him? This is indeed a crisis for me and I now find it just too difficult to attend church or be a part of an organisation that teaches such things. I also find it impossible to sing the words of hymns and choruses which I do not believe in and feel so uncomfortable being in that environment where people must be wondering what is going on with me and I feel many would not understand the position I'm in. Church has been like a family for so many years and although I see some of my church friends regularly I miss many others who I no longer see. Your podcasts have been such a help and have helped my husband understand where I'm coming from. When I come out of church on a Sunday, I feel deflated and sad. But after your podcast, I feel encouraged and full of hope that this is indeed mid-faith and may not last forever. You both leave me with a smile on my face and a chuckle in my heart. Thank you. So I read that out, uh, not to, um, you know, self-congratulatory, but just to say thank you to all of those people who do write in with emails similar to those. And um, you are not alone. How, um, we've said this many times. You really are not alone. And this is all part of the process. And, uh, yeah. So I, um, I'm having a notebook crisis at the moment. Oh, my gosh. I don't know which notebook to use. None <laughs> of them are quite perfect. And I took, I think, about <laughs> six with me to work today. <laughs> and anyway, but the point was, I was looking through one of them. And I'd, I'd have written down this um, notes from a book that I read. And often, I always do this. I'm taking notes from books and then half the time you forget what you've written. Mm. And um, it really struck me as quite powerful. And it was a note about um, a place in Japan called the Issei Shrine. I, think, I, I had no idea how you pronounce it. And it's one of the most sort of sacred shrines in Japan. And it's it's in this forest and... Um, you know, it's it, it's it believed to hold sacred objects and all this kind of things. But the the shrine itself, the central shrine, is built of um, entirely of wood, entirely of Japanese cypress, and without any nails. Mm. So it's all sort of held together by joints. And but the thing about it is, every twenty years they rebuild it. What? Every twenty years they sort of the the building's carefully dismantled, and they build exactly the same structure on the same site. Because they, it's part of their beliefs in renewal and rebirth, okay. and uh, you know th th things again. And and this seems to have been going on for over a thousand years. This process of constant wow. rebuilding and, and renewing. And I just wonder, you know, whether well, what I felt was, you know, that the, the, the message is there. We always have to rebuild our shrines. We just take mm. every every maybe every twenty years. What happens to us yeah. is exactly the same. Yeah. You just you take everything to pieces, and you you yeah. put it back together again. But at the point when everything is in pieces, you kind of feel yeah. you must feel like. It's well, I know from experience, you feel like, will it all ever fit together again? I don't mm. think it'll join up. Mm. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's great. And so, yeah, I just wanted to share that story. I, I hope that's helpful. Oh. And, and no, there we it's go. Good. It's good and slightly strange, uh, but it's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, well, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, 
Hopefully that that could be on my. Uh, that, I'd like that as an epitaph, actually. What? Slightly strange, but good. Yes, that would, exactly. I'd, be, I'd settle for that. Really. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would be one of the better ones. I would have yeah, thought. yeah, yeah. I'm not likely <laughs> to get that one. I can. Anyway. Right. Well, speaking of your family. <laughs> oh right. Oh yeah. I've got an email here from someone who calls themselves David. Oh, yes, him. <laughs> anyway, uh, who says congratulations on making it to 100 episodes, by the way. So he says, turning to the issue of bad texting. Oh, yeah. Now, we should set this because we were talking <laughs> yeah. about your terrible texting. Yes, and autocorrect. We were. Yes, yeah, it's, not, it's not good. I should learn to check before I text. Anyway, he said, whilst my wife is the world's worst, I did recall a couple of classic typos from the dim and distant past of overhead projectors and acetates. (laughs) (laughs) He says, we had a lovely lady who used to type the words of the worship songs out for us and then you could photocopy them onto an acetate sheet for use in the worship. The problem was that no one sought to check the spelling before we used (laughs) them. So on one particular Sunday morning, we chose Graham Kendrick's song, For This Purpose. And off we went. Things were going well until we got to a second verse where we found out that she had left the first A out of Satan's name. So the congregation, being good and obedient Baptists, all saying, Stan has no authority here. Stan was, of course, really gutted about that. (laughs) And he says, not to be outdone by this, she also did the acetates for our Christmas carol service. No self-respecting carol service would be complete without O Come All Ye Faithful. And again, everything was fine until verse 3, where we found out that she'd omitted a G from Sing. And therefore the <laughs> congregation were encouraged, encouraging the choirs of angels to sin in exaltation. <laughs> Dear, <laughs> Dear old Sheila, even though I haven't sung the old Kendrick song in many years, at least once a year at Christmas I will break into a large grin when we all get to verse 3 of O Come All Ye Faithful. <laughs> It's a beautiful uh, thing. Uh, oh, that's David. wonderful. We've all been there. <laughs> Stan has no authority here. <laughs> it's important to remember that. The thing is, now I've heard that, I know yeah. I'm going to sing Stan in every song that yeah, exactly. Satan suddenly appears now. <laughs> I know. It's like in the in the Anglican liturgy, they have a bit where it's we will say glory to God in the highest. Mm. And I always say at that point, glory to God in the high street. Just because I saw it in a typo years ago and <laughs> the E was missing out, you know. And, and, just, and there's something theologically true about that. Anyway, never mind glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the high street. That's where you exactly. want it as well. But anyway. Absolutely. Well, that's good incarnational theology it is. as far it's as I'm concerned. So yes. Great. Gl- glory to not, God in the high street. I'm not sure that Stan not having authority <laughs> is good theology, but maybe it is. Depends um, on the Stan. I would depends have on the Stan. If your name is Stan and you'd like to write in, please do. Joe yes. at midfaithcrisis.org. Anyway, Ian. Now, Ian is a beloved uh, listener who, with Steve, is starting Soul Place in Winchester. Okay. So this is, uh, yeah, I know it's all very exciting. Anyway, so Ian says this, episode 99, and devils and demons and evil. I found both of your responses really interesting and helpful. I think it is one of those things that we can't avoid, not necessarily because of the topic itself, but because of what it means to us generally. Many of the most frustrating Christian sticking points seem to be about what the thing means to the person getting stuck 
And I think the devil debate is all about self-determinism, agency, and this whole life as a battle and a struggle to win something. Frankly, it drives me nuts, but it needs facing. This is where I have got to. The universe is a zero-sum game. Energy and mass move according to rules. Something gains, something loses. If you believe in good or think that love is real, then you basically are trying to find ways for everyone to win. You do something kind for me out of love and we probably both gain more than either of us lose. You can call this love or good or even God or divine or agape, but we would recognise it. The flip side occurs when you hurt me and in the process we are all diminished. We ultimately both lose something and the universe is a darker, colder place for it. I think this is what evil looks like and we can name that differently but all recognise it for what it is. I see adolescents with eating disorders and I know that many of them name their illness. The least creative but most apposite name for her eating disorders was a girl who referred to Ed. Ed was her but not her. He drove her to talk and eat and behave in ways that she could and couldn't control. I specifically talk about the fact that 2,000 years ago, and in many cultures today, this is what a demon looks like. Exactly as you described, the language and the tools we used to drive that demon out are different in the 21st century in the UK health system, but I suspect that the lived experience is much the same. So do I believe in demons? I don't know. But if I'm going to be open to the possibility that an external agency can talk to me in my head, like the Holy Spirit, and give helpful connections and thoughts, I must be open to the flip side of the coin. And although I struggle with this, I can't honestly see an alternative position that is logical and open minded. Best wishes mm. and thanks as ever. Uh, OK. Um, do you know what? I think I think uh, we missed a real trick um, when we were talking about that episode. And we've said many times, haven't we, that we're never really sure how an episode's going to turn out. And we always end, often end up, you know, not saying the things we wanted to, mm. saying other things. And one of the things that I really wish I'd said back in that episode was what Dallas Willard used to teach about Satan. Not about Stan, but about Satan. <laughs> we have to clarify Yeah, we have to clarify that. Now. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> but he said that Satan only has one power. You know, we often like to give Satan more power than, mm. than mm. you know, this figure has. But he says, and it's simply this, Satan's power is to lie. And he can back that up scripturally with all the stories of Satan mm, in there. Interesting. Only power is to lie. But actually, and you think, oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, well, he's not omnipresent. He's not, he's not like God. Just has no. one power to lie. But then when you stop to think about that, that is unbelievably powerful. Mm. Because mm. if you can tell someone, for example, that they're worthless, that they don't matter, that God doesn't like them at all, that God hates them. Mm. That is a recipe to distort the rest of the person's life. Even one lie can cause a whole series of consequences in someone's life. Lying is profoundly powerful. And I think that's why we're reacting against it at the moment in culture, you know, calling out lies and everything. But you almost don't know what to do with all the lies that are about at the moment. Lying is extremely powerful, which is why you combat it with truth, hmm. I guess. But I, I thought that was quite a helpful insight. I think that's, that's very about... good. I think I think to that um, point about the limits hmm. of uh, Stan's power. Yeah. Um, I, again, I was reading the notes that I'd written. I was writing a whole load about sin because I was thinking at the time doing a book about sin, which I don't know if I'll do now. But I, I wrote down this and I said, you know, um, 
it's, it's the same with like original sin and that kind of thing. Mm. You know, it, it's as if we want something else to blame for the th- for the stuff that that we do, really. Mm. Whereas we have a lot more agency mm. than we think. Yes, uh, so we're not yeah. forced to do that. Because no. I said the devil um, didn't know, make I, us do it. Yeah. No, I yeah I I don't sin. Um, because some putative great 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 grandpa ate an apple. Yeah. yeah. I don't feel that's yeah. what yeah. I do. No. I sin because it gives me pleasure and, yeah. and satisfies my desires. I, I, I yeah. sin in exaltation, as we just <laughs> said. You know, I kind of yeah. do that. You know, there may be the wrong set of desires and, and they may be driven by lies. The mm. mo- you know, the most obvious yeah. lie being, oh, this will make you feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, or exactly. this is what you deserve to do, or the, yeah. you know, the, those kinds of things. But it's not some. I'm not a puppet no, being exactly. being yeah. pulled. I think that's a really, really good point. And the power mm. of 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 lies to damage is is mm. is is very profound. I I agree with you. And and I had another insight recently about um, demons. So I was, I was having a conversation with someone um, last week, and I. And I started talking about my demons and I didn't mean literally, but actually I realised the language was quite helpful. So yeah. there's been two films uh, in the last uh, 12 months. I don't really want to say what they are in case it's a spoiler. But at the end of the films, the the lead character is, you know, in that magical way that film can do, uh, goes up to their young child and gives them a hug and says words to the effect of you're okay or it's mm. going to be okay. So um, some people will automatically know the films I'm referring to. Do you mean they're, but, they're a child of theirs or their No, I don't mean child. their child. I mean them yeah. as a child. So, right, okay. so, so the, the main so character like a time of the film, thing. you've followed them through their life. You've seen yeah. there's some extraordinary circumstances and some very horrible things that have happened to them. And then through the magic of film, they go back. The the young child appears mm. before them in adult life and mm. they they embrace this child. Obviously, mm. you know, symbolic of embracing your inner child or whatever. But mm. it's, it's powerful and it yet absolutely reduces me to tears. And I was sort of trying to think through why does this affect me so profoundly? And I think it's because there are lies I have believed since childhood and whilst, you know, I'm quite certain the divine has redeemed many of those uh, lies to make me the fine figure of a man I am today, obviously. Mm. Um, I think, you know, there've been there've been some quite serious consequences for me. So so to refer to those lies as my demons actually seems a reasonably sensible yes. thing to do. You know, that that seemed like good use of the language to me as to how those demons are exorcised you know for me naming them yes. and being in therapy and working with them and recognizing them still as a part of my life is probably more helpful than going forward for prayer and asking for someone to say oh, i'll have a shandy over me and cast <laughs> them out because i think that would at best produce a short-term fix i don't think it could really get to the to the root of it anyway so uh, well, i just wonder as well whether you should exorcise those kinds of things in a way i mean i don't mm. mean i don't mean the lies i don't mean that you carry on believing the lies no what i what i mean is those the way those things have worked out in your life have made you the person you are exactly yeah and the poet um rilke it, when somebody said he was suffered a lot with uh, various depression and things like that and somebody said mm. you know that he should 
uh, get help. And he said, don't take away my devils away. But, uh, don't take my devils away because my angels may flee as well. In other mm. words, the, the things that yes, exactly, can yeah. cripple us and weaken us can also be the source of immense creativity and strength and kindness and mm. compassion. and um, Exactly. So I think we have to distinguish between you know the 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 really damaging parts that need to be exercised yeah. and the ones yeah. that actually need to be named and recognized and de- you know disempowered yeah, yeah. Exactly right. but but will always be with us in that but sense the, yes you're right and there's something about your wounds actually help you you know that in in a strange sort of way yeah i believe yeah. that yeah but i think i think the point about um the damage that lies do. So lies can take you in two directions, can't they? It can take mm. you into, into really sort of negative directions about yourself. Or once you've recognised them for lies, you can mm. move towards healing. You know, you can identify yeah. where things have gone wrong. Yeah. And you were saying yeah. about, about lies at the moment. I think one of the most damaging things at the moment is that people have... Not not just that, that there is so much lying going on, but people just seem OK with it. Yeah. You know, yeah. they just yeah, seem no. to have normalised it. And I think that's the last thing you want to do. Uh, yeah really and i don't know how we you know until we can recognize the lies and i'm not going to say which you know i don't want to kind of cast political aspersions say which because i think it's happening on all sides but until we can actually recognize and name the lies i don't see how we can get towards healing in that way as a society never mind as individuals no i i completely agree and i think the i suspect the way you do it in society is largely the way you do it individually and it's with truth and it's with love. Mm. I mean, what, you know, I, I can't say this without sounding like a hippie. And I, I don't know. <laughs> you haven't I, got the hair to I be don't a know whether I need to apologise for that. But what is going to heal our nation is ultimately, I would say, love. To use one word, grace might be a better word. Um, God might be a, a better word. I'm not really sure. But I think that when you. When you look at the overarching story of Scripture, and I've been wanting to say this for a while because I think when you're in mid-faith crisis, things get so complex. I think it's really helpful every now and then to bring it back to something fairly simple, like the way of Jesus, which I don't think is difficult to understand. I think it's just extremely difficult to do. The way of Jesus is the way of love. It's the way of kindness. It's the way of forgiveness. It's the way of self-sacrifice sometimes. It is undoubtedly the way of love. So to, so here's what, you know, I, I don't want to preach here, but just to back this up <laughs> a little bit, because I feel quite strongly about this. So you, can, you can you can take the Baptist preacher out, out the, the church, church but you can't take it out of the man. You anyway, can't get on. it out of the podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I know. So, like, there's several kind of fairly key summarising statements you know, in the Old Testament, you know, mm. the Micah one's famous. He's shown you a mortal what is good and what's the Lord require of you. Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. So the love, the love word is in there, loving mercy. But I think we can summarise most of that with love. Love the Lord your God, love your neighbour mm. yourself. Jesus, summarising everything, it says exactly that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind and all the rest of it. <laughs> and the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbour as yourself. And all the law and the prophets hang on those two commands. So if you haven't got time for all the law and the commandments, just commit those two to memory and basically you've got it. 
in the mm. words of Jesus. And then Paul, summarizing the Old Testament and Jesus' teaching, says, if I speak in the tongue, tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, you know, the whole resounding gong, clanging cymbal thing. That thing. So for him, it's all about love. And then John, at the end, you know, in his letters, says, whoever does not love does not know God. So it's fairly blunt because God is love. Yeah. So I don't know how we miss this sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're if you if you're really gonna do this thing, this whole you know faith thing, then it's a very active thing, and it is all about love. And I don't know how to sound talk about this without sounding like a hippie, and I don't really care if I do because I think. It is quite simple at the end of the day. To follow Jesus is to commit to the way of love. And that means, you know, love for self and love for neighbour. And I think in a wider context, love of justice is what it means in society. Mm. So to be champions of all those things. And I don't mean like hot-headed, angry Facebook posts about injustice. I mean, you know, involvement and compassion and uh, a fair amount of kindness along the way. And I loved uh, Dallas Willard's definition of love because I could remember it for one. But what does it mean to love? Because that's a wishy-washy word anyway nowadays. What does it mean? It just means to will someone's good. Mm. So if you want to know what it looks like to love someone, will their good. And you, you probably need to know what he meant by will as well. And I can't remember his direct definition of how the will and how it functions. But if I want to love you, Nick, all i got to do is will your good. Uh, very kind very kind oh, of you and, and i do and i think that's i've always liked that definition mm. i mean i suppose the question comes down to though how do we again coming back to the truth and the lies thing and uh, so so we, we we need to look on people with love mm. um and we need to love justice and we need to love truth i suppose and cherish that yeah. um i i i suppose in all these big conflicts i i think back to south africa and I, mm. I, I, the the Truth and Reconciliation Commission yeah. that, that went on there, and I, I was I once interviewed uh, John Simpson, the BBC foreign oh, right. correspondent, Did you? about his mm. uh, beliefs, and he'd sort of come back to the church at that time, having been a, a non-believer. And I asked him what brought him back, and he said, "Well, it was attending the Truth and Reconciliation hearings in South Africa uh. because he saw what it could do to heal." a broken society and saw that it was the only way forward. What, the power of forgiveness? Or, yeah, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And love, basically, yeah, that you're, yeah, it's yeah. driven by a kind of love. It's wanting, it's willing the very best for the person in front of you, which is not necessarily the very best for the person in front of you. It's not just sort of letting them off scot-free, as it were. No, it's not just letting them not. carry on. No. That's not no. the best. No. Sometimes, it, you know, the phrase tough love has to be invoked. Yeah. But I think, and, and so calling out the truth is not... You know, if we call on someone to speak truthfully, that is, in a sense, willing the very best for them. It is an act of love to do that because yeah. what they're doing is harming themselves and harming others. So, yeah, I mean, we, I, it seems to me we need, we need more of that. And in all, um, you know, uh, uh, not in all, but in so many of our political societies, we just need a bit of more truth and a bit more reconciliation. Yeah, and forgiveness and love. And I think that we can all take responsibility for that. Mm. And, you know... Uh, you know some people, and Dallas was one of them. I mean, I was I was right in my mid faith crisis really, when I did the Renovare course, and I was listening to Dallas talk about life in the kingdom, and he spoke 
so profoundly and so kindly and so humbly and and simply he simplified difficult mm. things and he, he talked about life in the kingdom and he says you know life in the kingdom is simply this it's just about doing the next good thing and i could hang on to that you know with all my doubts and suspicions and cynicisms and you know with mm. everything i was going for i i became pretty clear that what the what God wants from me, what the divine wants, is for me to go and do the next good thing. Mm. And when I've done that, to do the next good thing after it. And he said, if you commit yourself to living that way, he said, you'll soon find out you can't do it on your own. You're going to need some, you're going to need some help from outside. And that's the spirit's role, he would mm. say. Grace, it all functions on grace. It all functions on love. If you don't know what to do with yourself right now, I'm telling you, just go and do the next good thing. That's all you've got to do. Thank you. Yeah, there you are. End of we'll, sermon. Now we'll have a hymn and take up the like, collection. If you'd like to come forward and sing. And, and sin. And sin in exaltation. If I may, <laughs> we've had John and Paul quoted, so if I may add George and Ringo into the mix, as the Beatles Flick. said. Thank you. Love is all you need. <laughs> Thank you. Which is true. The only bit they got wrong in that song was it's easy, because it isn't easy. It's quite hard, but no, it is true. Anyway incredibly difficult well there we go i think we should move on yes uh, we should i've got a birthday celebration calling unto me good great i have got a uh, dinner i've got to go and eat well there we are we've both got th- things to be thankful for another thing to be grateful for <laughs> exactly yeah. so you're going you're going to go and eat the next good thing and i, I am. <laughs> and i'm gonna go and drink it <laughs> We're paraphrasing slightly, but I think we it'll are. work out. No, I think that's in Paul somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> All right, we'll be back with you next week. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, send your emails in. We want to hear from you. 